HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Michter's Distillery. Visit michters.com to find out how their taste is everything, cost be damned attitude is creating some of the finest whiskeys available. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I am your host, Joe Campanelli, and I am very excited for today's show. I have a good friend in the studio today. But before we get started, uh, I do want to let you know that if you uh, enjoyed this show, um, please feel free to listen to any of our past episodes on HeritageRadioNetwork.org um, or on iTunes, and where you can also subscribe to the show going forward. Um, as I said, I am excited. I have a friend in the studio today, um, someone who uh, produces beautiful wines uh, that we are super proud to serve at our restaurants. Uh, we've served them at all of our restaurants um, for over eight years now. Uh, we have Alicia Lini from Lini 910 uh, in Lambrusco. Um, welcome to In the Drink. It's Thank so you, Joe. nice Thank to you. have you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so about five years ago, you celebrated the 100-year anniversary Exactly. Of, of your family's <laughs> yeah. winery. was a century. Yes, it was my great-grandfather that started the business, and then my grandfather, the generation of my dad, my uncle, and my aunt, and me and my cousin today, we are working uh, around the world, uh, try to divulgate and promote uh, that exists a uh, high-quality Lambrusco. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. I mean, I know because I've uh, visited and uh, we know you know you well, but they the... The history. What have been the major changes in uh, in your family's winery? It just changed the external perception. So probably we made the same quality even years and years ago, but the market was not ready to absorb a certain uh, level, and uh, and then the market changed because the taste in general around the world. Uh, just was more open-minded about a sparkling, easy, simple wine. We don't uh, um, pretend to um, produce a complicated, complex wine. Our, we, we make through our simplicity our strength, 
but uh, yes we 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 succeed in a way so uh, there is a lot of things to do but we are you know, I think well. so. And, you know, I think that maybe when you first started uh, coming to New York, maybe uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, you were very young. I was, and I was very young. I was very young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you still are very young. I don't yeah. know if I... Uh, but um, I feel like that it was uh, a time where you maybe had to convince people uh, to drink Lambrusco, that Lambrusco no, even, should even be considered. Even to try, to try and say, yeah, you will be surprised. Even, you know, even uh, the wine was really... Uh, welcome. Uh, I can say that American has been always welcome with our brand. They're very open-minded and very open to try and to experience. Uh, and they think uh, America has this unique characteristic that they they have, you have, <laughs> an, an encyclopedic uh, mind. They, you mm-hmm. want to uh, want some. You want to know something. You want to know everything about this. So. Um, the idea uh, years and years ago was not to come here and try to sell our wine and and to sell our Lambrusco, but just uh, create a kind of culture about uh, high-quality Lambrusco and give some instruments uh, to the final customer and hopefully put the final customer in the condition to choose our quality, not to sell our yeah. quality. And maybe yeah. that's because our winemaking history here in America is uh, is so short and so interrupted right whereas uh, uh yeah. certainly in you know in your area there's evidence from ancient roman or maybe etruscan times so thousands of years of of winemaking but here where we're new and we're open and we want to try new things yeah yeah it's um it's important uh, give something true i do not lie uh, nobody yeah. do you understand my dad always says that it, today is not difficult to find good wines it's difficult to find authentic uh, wines uh, and our um, uh, sus- our success uh, is based upon this uh, authenticity and when people get this uh, they you know want to experience again and again and again because they are happy to to taste and to experience authenticity how does someone achieve authenticity with wine? What do you mean? Like, how does, like, what, what separates an authentic wine from an inauthentic wine? Um, it's, um, you can obtain Lambrusco specifically for my typology in a week of fermentation. Uh, we uh, invest uh, more than three or four months at least uh, for our entry-level product. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between the first and the second product is the one is a good drinks. Uh, the second one is, is a good wine. Cialambrusco is like, uh, in a way, like a pizza. There is nothing better than a very good pizza and there is nothing worse than a very bad pizza. And Lambrusco is very similar to, to yeah. this in its own simplicity. And pizza is also simple as yes, well. Yes, exactly. Just a couple yeah. of ingredients. Exactly. And, interesting. You know, one of the wines that, uh, the wine that, that we first were introduced to from yours, it was, uh, I, I remember before we opened El Anima, I had a tasting with uh, <laughs> our rep from Domenico Valentino, uh, yeah. Michelle Flournoy. Uh, yeah. And if you're listening, thank you for introducing me to Alicia's Wines. Uh, but she tasted it for me blind. And I knew at that time that I didn't want to have Prosecco on, on our list. And not because I hate Prosecco, but because I wanted to be to, different to be in different, a way. Yeah. To introduce. Yeah. Yeah. And it was your Lambrusco Bianco, uh, which I thought was 
thrilling. I thought uh, it's, it's just amazing. delicious. It's very simple again, but very, you know, we want to reach, uh, my dad want to achieve the drinkability first. Uh, uh, he always says, I'm not a wine taster, I'm a drinker in a way. So I, I have to enjoy, you know, in wine and drink wine. And, and Lambrusco Bianco uh, give you this uh, opportunity. <laughs> yes. What's the history of the Lambrusco Bianco? Is that something that's been made for a very long time? In uh, my family, we experienced this because uh, we were um, very passionate about champagne. And uh, we realized, uh, past the generation realized that uh, uh, champagne was a result. It was uh, blanc de noir. So we try to 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 produce the same things with the Lambrusco. So there is no skin contact from the beginning because it, it's uh, the skin that gives the color to mm-hmm. wine. So there is no skin contact, and then we obtain Lambrusco Bianco. Yeah, it's more complex in a way because there is an operation added from the beginning. Yeah, and, yeah, it adds some complexity. It's certainly more complex than most prosecco that's out there. Uh, um, yeah, it's uh, Joe. Today uh, again, uh, there are fantastic uh, prosecco there and uh, and fantastic lambrusco and fantastic barolo. This is uh, what communication has uh, started to 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 communicate in a way, like press. And there is no uh, top wine and bad wine, but in every typology, you can choose uh, top, middle, and uh, bad product. Uh, so. You can find everything. Yeah, but it is, you know, driving through your your area and driving past some of the very large wineries. I've never seen wineries on that scale before. Like when you pass by, I'll leave them nameless, but the very large ones where it, it looks like some sort of uh, factory, like an industrial complex. And you're like, oh, wait, that's a that's a winery name. Yeah. Um, do you think that there is a, a limit to the size that you can be and still make authentic or high-quality wine? I think that dimension uh, is not necessarily compromise in a negative uh, uh, way Mm -hmm. uh, the the final wine. And of course, that if you are small, uh, you can concentrate more on your quality probably, but it's not necessary uh, is as a consequence is a consequence no no i don't think so it's uh, uh there are huge companies that produce top wine and there are small uh, artisan that the quality is not that good uh no so the size isn't but it, it's for me it, it's sometimes jarring to see like that the most enormous wine and you're like wow that's insane um, no, I, no, I, I get your point, and no, I get your point, and we are very small, do you mm-hmm. understand? But uh, and we produce sparkling wine, which is different uh, uh, when you produce teal wine. Uh, you need more technologies, uh, big investments, anyway, even if you are small. So I, I understand your point, but it's not uh, uh, big equal bad mm-hmm. and small equal good. It's not that simple. Yeah. yeah. So do you find that outside of the United States, uh, other people are appreciating high-quality Lambrusco? Yeah, it? yeah. It's uh, unbelievable. In the past five years, uh, we saw market like uh, Canadian market, Australian mm-hmm. market, uh, Mexico, that they start to realize that uh, a good glass of Lambrusco uh, it's a good experience to have it, yeah. And do people understand the the 
sub-varieties of the Lambrusco grapes and the regions. And they start now. When, yeah. I, when I introduce uh, a big family of Lambrusco, Casparossa, Sorbara, Salamino, they start to say, hey, hang on, how many kind of Lambrusco exist? And I say, yes, many. And every single um, varietize gives something different to a wine like a Lambrusco. Yeah. Do you think that's important for people to understand the the varieties of of the grapes, or uh, with something like Lambrusco, it's maybe especially like an entry level one? Is it more just about you know enjoying it and, and knocking it back? It's important to know what there is inside, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not just a glass of Lambrusco in general. You know, this is a part of uh, uh, our personal culture, and is uh, is good to know. And I think it's correct. Uh, <laughs> my dad always says that uh, uh, if you ask to a glass of Lambrusco what there is inside, the glass doesn't answer you. So it's the producer ethics uh, mm-hmm. that uh, makes the difference in this case. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And how, how do you think Lambrusco fits into the, you know, the, the culture and the, the daily life of uh, people in, in your region? Is, this, uh, is it the, the everyday kind of wine at the dinner table? Is yes, it- it's a very food friendly. We come from a region uh, where the food is really rich. We produce Parmigiano, Reggiano, um, Tortellini, Lasagne. Mm-hmm. Everything is really rich. So we need this light wine in order to balance out what we are drinking, what we are eating. But at the same time, I have to tell you this, that uh, when you produce something very qualitative, uh, balanced, uh, and uh, in a way, in, in, in our simplicity, something elegant, uh, you produce something that is really, really versatile, really versatile. In fact, you can enjoy our Lambrusco with a, a risotto, with a sandwich, with a good salad, with a bruschetta, with a fish, and with a, some, you know, even with the vegetables menu. So, uh, yeah, and you drink 11 vol, so it's something... Uh, uh, which is light uh, and uh, easy. 11 degrees alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way that people are, are trying Don't to realize drink. that <laughs> they finish a the bottle by themselves and they are happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. You yeah. feel better if you drink a bottle of 11 degree alcohol than I think two glasses of 14 or 15. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and this is the reason why you open so many of my bottles. <laughs> it's true. We move through so many of them. Um, and then uh, when you introduced the, um, the Metodo Classico line, which are absolutely beautiful, um, be- just beautiful wines, uh, how, is that, uh, how is that received? Did the people locally, because there really aren't too many people who are, who are growing. Um, who are Metodo Classico in my family is a part of passion. Mm-hmm. was the generation uh, from my grandfather that started to experience this, and we never stop it in a way. It, it is a very artisan product, uh, we m- still make the remouage manually, the degorgement manually, so it's, uh, it's a passion product. And uh, it's a part of our history and our culture. Uh, something exceptional that we produce this with Pinot Noir, 100%, and different millésimé, 2004, 2005, 2007, 9, 10. And uh, we produce also a Metodo Classico with the Lambrusco grapes. This is something very I, exceptional. I love this. Yeah. I love this. It has to be, a, in some way, a passion project because of how long it takes to, to age. I know you have... Consider that now into the market we have the millésimé 2004. 
So last year, one spectator invited us and insert the Lini 1910 in the best 110 can, uh, cantina, 100 uh, cantina in uh, Italian cantina, and they prized this uh, millesime 2004, and it was a very uh, romantic story. One spectator prized that product that was put in away 10 years before. And 10 years before, probably nobody even talked about uh, high-quality Lambrusco. And uh, we had, uh, as a family, the courage to put away that kind of uh, product. And, uh, Joe, if you produce something uh, that uh, is really qualitative, uh, you add something uh, to your sector, to your typology, to your um, um, environment, uh, but if not, uh, you are just a fanatic. Uh, do you understand? So this, this was that risk uh, that uh, my family and my dad as enologists took. Well, I have to say that you know your wines have definitely introduced a lot of New Yorkers or at least West Villagers through our restaurants <laughs> to you know to quality Lambrusco, and uh, we thank you for that. Um, but on that note, we're just going to take a very quick break. Uh, we'll be back with more of Alicellini from Lini Nine Ten Lambrusco uh, right after this. And the break music provided courtesy of Keto. We will be right back on In the Drink. Cider Week helps to bring profitability to local Cider Week helps to bring profitability to local orchards while reviving heirloom apple varieties by cultivating awareness of craft cider. Cider Week connects cider makers from New York State and select pioneering guest cideries outside the state to buyers from top restaurants, bars, and retail shops across New York City. Those culinary tastemakers, in turn, help increase consumer awareness of cider's pleasures by hosting public events, tastings, dinners, classes, and pairings that build appreciation and demand for regional ciders. And for more information, visit ciderweeknyc.com. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate that. We actually are participating in Cider Week at all of our restaurants at La Picho, Delanima, Anfora, Lartuzzi. Um, we'll, we'll have uh, several ciders by the glass and even some ciders on tap. Uh, we, we love Cider Week, so it's exciting. Um, and uh, we are back with Alicia Lini from Lini 910 Lambrusco uh, here in the studio with us today. Uh, wel- welcome back, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. 
Um, <laughs> uh, as we, you know, we were talking before about, about the rich food and the, and the culture uh, of, of the area, um, are people now also appreciating the, um, the higher-end Lambrusos? Because you, you make a, a few different lines. We spoke about the, the Metodo Classico. Um, or in the area, is it, it, people really still think of Lambrusco as a, um, as a very everyday and not a special uh, product. Both. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a part of consumer that consider Lambrusco everyday life wine. And for us, it's like this. And then there is a more sophisticated uh, consumer that want to experience something more. Uh, a wine, um, day wine in general, is a, is a long trip. So is a, you experience wine uh, with the simplicity, with aromatic wines, and then you go to still important uh, uh, woody uh, product, and then you experience a Riesling, and then you go to Bordeaux, and and uh, Pinot Noir from Bourgogne, and Champagne. So it's a long trip. And, oh. and we all come back to Lambrusco at yes, the end. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the simplicity. Because the, there's just a pure pace. joy level when it comes to Lambrusco. It's something that is, uh, it's just so much fun to drink. Exactly. It's, you are right. Uh, Lambrusco is fun. It's really funny product. Uh, yeah, it's a really funny wine. I remember that uh, we were um, having a kind of a wine tasting and everybody were laughing. So uh, a manager close to me say, do you realize this? I say, what? I say, everybody are really, really happy. And uh, and it's true. The, it changes energy when you drink yes. Lambrusco. Uh, yeah, when you, yeah. It's true. I mean, if you were going to drink some uh, Super Tuscans or something like that, it would be more serious and somber. Uh, maybe it would be joyful in some way. It but just help you more like a, a meditation, probably. <laughs> it's something about the bubbles and the f- just fresh, accessible fruit um, that, that it's just one of the most joyful. And of. also it's a product that uh, opened the um, young people mind uh, to mm-hmm. someone that is not used to drink uh, wine. They can start uh, with this uh, fruity, easy and, uh, funny mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, and if, if you are able to give also quality, that is the top. Uh, yeah. great. It's great. Yeah. What, what are the main, uh, issues today in Lambrusco when you speak with your friends who also make wine is there something that is pressing that everyone's discussing these days mm, no years and years ago probably um, Lambrusco was not even considered a wine today we just uh, switch uh, the, the, the market and uh, we, we have the possibility to, to arrive first. Uh, so it must be an exciting time. Yes, it is. It what, is. what do you think is, uh, is the future? What do you think, uh, it, where is Lambrusco going if, it, if it's already accepted as a high quality wine? Joe, it's difficult to talk about Lambrusco in general yes. because uh, you you said before there are massive quantities, and uh, yeah. so I can talk about our um, focus and uh, our um, ambition. Uh, we just want to grow in a very constant way and uh, give the opportunity to people to experience high quality Lambrusco and give something to them. 
in terms of uh, uh, instruments. Uh, so if I put you in the position to learn and to experience something positive, then hopefully you will choose uh, Lean in 1810 because you trust uh, our authenticity and our quality. This is, uh, we don't want to create nothing exceptional. We want to just uh, optimize our right angle, like uh, for generation, uh, a century to defend uh, because we want to defend this history uh, with a good focus on the future. But in our authenticity, this is what uh, we expect from our family business. I know you have a few uh, little ones. Will there be a fifth generation? Uh... Well, well, we serve our wine uh, in, uh, on the table. They say, oh, why? No, I cannot no. try it. And I say, no, you, you are going to be the fifth generation. You cannot. Yeah. No, hopefully they, they will be free to do what they want. So yeah. I've been free to, to join the cantina and was a very liberal and uh, this isn't to to be a part of this project so so my daughters will be free to do what they prefer and they love it so and what what projects are you working on right now you- you said before we started that this is an exciting time for you and you're, you're doing some work, but yeah, we didn't because get to no, say what the, it was. the market is growing a yes. lot and uh, uh, we receive so many appreciation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we will really, um, when I come to this market, uh, uh, I don't forget to visit the people that every day work with our wine. And um, uh, something uh, very important that people work uh, with our wine bottle by bottle and uh, so you cannot focus on the containers uh, if you don't realize that that containers that that quantities and that distribution and that uh, um, communication is made uh, bottle by bottle and uh, that means that we arrive in every houses in every family in every uh, context uh, every day with just one bottle uh, each time so this is important to really consider who enjoy our wine uh, and support us yeah yeah so what what is your plan for while you're in new york Today I will be in Connecticut uh, at yesterday, and then uh, uh, I will be for a couple of days in New York, uh, wine class, um, um, a dinner in Brooklyn, and uh, I will form uh, someone uh, in a couple of restaurants, mm-hmm. visit our our best uh, uh, 20 uh, customer in New York, Manhattan, and back home. <laughs> You're visiting 20 customers in Yeah, the, our best uh, 20 customer in uh, yeah, in uh, we are really well distributed. We are many many accounts so in uh, in New York uh, and I have the chance to visit uh, just uh, So it sounds like you're working very hard when you're when you're here. Yeah. It's not a vacation. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But New York has a special energy, so you you find your resource uh, from this city, which is amazing. And the, the wine classes, that's something that's open to the public? Um, no, this no. is uh, for, uh, for restaurant staff. staff. Yeah, for staff. Yeah, but we have to think about... Uh, also for yeah, public as our school mm-hmm. from the beginning. Maybe our next time we sc- should exactly. do something yeah. for the public. Yeah, yeah, should be perfect. And how many years have you worked with uh, Domenico Valentino? It's more than eight now. Yeah, so since the beginning, and uh, we're doing well. Yeah, we're yeah. doing very well. It's a great, a great company. Yeah. We won our challenge uh, and it was at that time was not a difficult challenge but it was an impossible challenge 
and to to create and to repropose to to the final con consumer and to the press uh, that the uh, high quality Lambrusco exists uh, was not that easy. Yeah, so I feel like uh, you know five six years ago there were many articles that came out at the same time that yeah, said yeah. you don't think about Lambrusco but Lambrusco is great and now the those articles have kind of stopped and people aren't writing about it in you know, as much we were able to to reinforce uh, uh, this uh, this image and uh, people today doesn't need anymore they know so it's a part of uh, um, in every wine project, uh, mm -hmm. uh, there is a, a good Lambrusco in, and this is really, really important. And uh, we have been, in a way, a little ambassador for our territory and our Lambrusco. And uh, yes, yeah, so you have to travel and uh, go around like a gypsy, but uh, in the end, the satisfaction is really, really big. So. I, I, I think I know the answer to this because we've spoken about it before, but you have, um, you know, you've done the Metodo Classico in white and rosé and, and red, and um, you make Lambrusco in the more traditional method and also in white and rosé and red. You're, you experiment and you're, you're, you try out many, many different things. Have you ever tried... Uh, like a metodo antico or like an ambient yeast with the pinot noir, but not with uh, with the lambrusco. We we have on our portfolio a metodo antico. Uh, you do right now? Yeah, yes, uh, yes, but white, uh, yeah, and uh, it's amazing. And um, yeah, you you are right. Uh, uh, experimentation and research is still one of the most uh, not just important but also expensive things to do it and. The, I'm really proud to say that we never stop to uh, make uh, this research and an internal research. And today it's uh, not that obvious because today um, there are so many needs to focus. Mm -hmm. It's marketing, communication, image. Uh, there are, you know, international fair, you know, press. So my dad always says that remember that our big job is still inside the bottle and not outside the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us about the when you're doing the experiments, especially with this Metodo Antico, which I, I'm very interested in. I think that. The Metodo Antico uh, just top mm -hmm. the remoise uh, around the 26th and 27th day. Uh, days in, instead to to the 32 as always uh, and inside just remain this residual and uh, the wine is not completely clean so we want to reach uh, a positively an imperfection uh, so and have the, you the wine added yeast to it or it's yes, the natural yeast yes yes okay. yes, yes. Uh, you have to try a bottle I cannot I have uh, to try a bottle <laughs> I cannot describe you so much uh, uh, this wine because uh, it's an experience to try yeah yeah you have to do it with lambrusco it's uh, <laughs> um fantastic with pinot noir because you also see uh the sediments okay uh, okay um, uh, and uh, remember and consider that lambrusco born uh, to clean your mouth up after a reach. Uh, so you don't really enjoy a Lambrusco uh, where you have the sensation that you drink and eat at the same time, in a mm -hmm. way, because uh, 
But uh, I will ask to my dad if he can try a metodo antico, Lambrusco metodo antico. I know that you're excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. I just love your wines. And in my head, it's, it, it sounds like it would be so good. Yeah. But uh, I guess don't go changing all of your production just for me because we, we, are, we couldn't buy it all. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we are very... Um, uh, our strength yeah. has been to be very traditional, respect the tradition, mm -hmm. but very open-minded. This is the reason why we constantly make this internal research uh, to improve ourselves, to optimize the, the critics uh, that we receive uh, in order to do always better and to do... No, it's not just... A, um, today, to be innovative, uh, uh, you can confuse uh, the innovation with the marketing project. No. To be innovative means also to study and to concentrate and to research and to see and to improve. This is also a part of innovation. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to congratulate you on, on the great work that you and your family have been doing. Uh, it makes my job uh, as someone who opens bottles and pours them for, you know, for a living uh, very easy. Uh, thank you. So thank thank you so much, and uh, I really encourage you if you have not tried Alini Nine Ten Lambrusco to please go try them. They are just fantastic, and uh, especially um, the the entry level Lambrusca and the Metodo Classico is something to uh, uh, that is very special, and it's not an every every night wine, but it is a beautiful special example of of, the, of your hard work. So thank you so no, much. Thank you, Joe, and I will bring at home uh, all these compliments because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a part of uh, a big uh, team that work hard uh, for, for this. So this is a part of satisfaction that I have to share with uh, all my family. Thank you so much. All right. uh, and uh, thanks so much to, uh, to our sponsor, Michter's, and uh, thanks to Jack Inslee and Joy Morales, our producer. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for putting this show together every week. You guys are the best. Uh, thanks again. This Enjoy has been Lambrusco. <laughs> thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website, or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.